It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. Especially when the season get hectic. I stay waiting on it like receiving a Nets pick. Nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth you might even hear a story on Gigi. So in depth they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth you probably should pay him but it's a freebie. Yeah, John Corrales and J. King. Locked on trying to get the 18th ring. So you can miss me with the blah blah. No more Geno time. We watching Jay do the Zaza. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast with the Rain and Jays. Today, it's me, your boy, Jay King from MassLive.com, here with Sam Jam Packard, the great, coming to us from Las Vegas, on the streets of Las Vegas, or a hotel in Las Vegas, or wherever the hell in Las Vegas Sam Packard is right now. We're going to be talking about Ante's visits. We're going to be talking about the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum injuries. We're going to be talking about Avery Bradley's press conference with the Detroit Pistons, which was sad stuff, sad stuff for Celtics fans. Uh, but let's start with Ante Zizic, man. Ante Zizic, 34 rebounds in his last 63 minutes, really coming together for the Celtics. Uh, he he's just really seems to be finding himself later in summer league is how I would say it, Sam. I would say uh, I had a complete opposite reaction from watching him play in person. First of all, today, playing against the Warriors Summer League team, who only had, uh, I think, five points in the first quarter, that was an atrocious team. I understand uh, that Zizic was doing a little bit better on the boards, but it's like, of course the 7-1 guy is going to, or Howard Foley is going to get, like, kind of rebounds around the rim. I was – was very frustrated by his inability to kind of finish uh, play above the rim. There was one point Demetrius Jackson threw him a lob, and he just didn't even go to it. He basically laughed in Demetrius Jackson's face, like, ha, huh, you think I can get up for that shit? I don't know. I was just, he's, he's got the footwork and stuff. It's just his, like, finesse touch around the rim and finishing is just – he doesn't seem to be putting it together. And in person today, I was more uh, kind of disappointed by Ante Zizic. Yeah, so so I, I think the things about Andre Zizic are this. He is going to rebound the basketball. Like, that's what he does. He is a bruiser. He is a rebounder. He is he has great hands uh, on the glass. He's, he's, a, he's a big, big man. He's a strong man. Um, what he's not is like, like this super mobile athletic guy. And I, I think that could hurt him against 
obviously teams that try to stretch you out. Like, how is Ante Zizic going to do defending the three-point arc? I don't know. And I suspect pretty poorly at this stage of his career. What I like about him is that he is strong and that he does have strong hands and that he can finish below the rim and and kind of do some things. And even he hasn't had a great summer league, but he's typically had good shooting percentages. Like, he stays within himself. He contests shots at the rim. He had three blocks tonight um, against the Warriors. The, the, The play that I liked the most out of him was a pick and roll where he he was he ended up guarding Patrick McCaw in the pick and roll, and he stayed with him, and he blocked him at the rim. And Patrick McCaw is like an athletic dude for the Warriors. He's an athletic wing, and and Vincent stayed with him, blocked him. I, I think I think he's going to have an adjustment. I don't think he's going to come in right away and like like contribute right away. I, I think any hopes of that were kind of dispatched in the summer league, but what he what he does he's doing better and better as the summer league progresses. Like he's getting rebounds. He is, he is being a physical force around the rim. He's catching and he's finishing and yeah, he's not going to go up and grab a lob from Demetrius Jackson, but Demetrius Jackson should have known not to throw it like three feet above the rim. Like that's, that's not where Ante Zizic is going to go. This isn't Dwight Howard in his prime. This is like, like an earthbound center who who can't go all the way up there. He can't go to the top floor of the elevator. Um so but in today's, I don't, I don't... today's NBA, what what is like what value is an earthbound center? I just say what role is he gonna play on offense? Are you really really running a bunch of post ups for Zizic? I don't think like... you run any post ups for Zizic. I, I don't think he's been good in the post. When when he's gotten low post touches, he had a nice couple of nice passes when they doubled him in the post today. Uh, but for the most part, like his post-ups have not been successful. I I think he's a, like he just does the dirty work, and I think I think a guy who he should probably try to take notes from one of his teammates is Aaron Baines. Like a- Aaron Baines is a guy who's tough and he rebounds and he just doesn't do anything stupid, and because of that, he's he's built himself a nice career. And so so that that's what I think Ante Zizic should try to be. Is like like the tough guy who rebounds, positions himself well defensively, like does does all the things very intelligently. He's not going to be like a high flyer. He's not going to be someone who defends the perimeter, and obviously that's going to hurt him in today's NBA. But there's still a place for like big, strong guys who can rebound and position themselves defensively and impact shots that way. So I I I, I do think there's a place for him. I don't think he's going to be like a star or anything, but. I I do think there's a place if he progresses the right way. I think he's going to do a, a heck of a job in the D-League this year. What's that? Say it again. I said I think he's going to do a heck of a job up in Maine this year. <laughs> How many? Uh, yeah, and 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 it it is good that they signed Baines because I don't think Zizic is ready for big minutes. I don't think Yabuselli is ready for big minutes, and. Obviously, like, Al Horford's going to play a lot of five. We'll play some five. He'll play primarily five, only five. Um, and then Marcus Morris, Jay Crowder, those guys will play some at four. They'll play a lot of small ball. Um, but it, it is a good thing they signed Baines. They they needed that secondary center because 
I, like you said, I, I don't think Zizic is ready for huge minutes, but he, he, he has definitely progressed as summer league has gone on and, and shown some more things. His hands are great. Like he, he really does have great hands. Um, he's a tough kid. Like, like one thing about him, he doesn't block a, a ton of shots or he's not like the most agile shot blocker, but because he's so strong, he can impact guys without fouling, and and they kind of bounce off him a little bit, and, and it it impacts them at the rim. So so that's something good about Ante. <laughs> You're down on Ante, man. Not I was, Ante. I was, I was in second row uh, today. I watched him pretty closely, and I just was not impressed with many things that he did. It feels like there's – I agree with you that he's a good job of, like, kind of contesting drives, but it feels like any time – a big is next to him or, like, catches the ball in the post, they immediately rise up over him. And the fact that he's 7-1 has no impact on, like... He's only he's only 6-11, man, or 6-10. Oh, don't give, me that, 7, don't give me that KG 6-11 nonsense. I think he's 7 feet tall. All right, fine. He's 7-4. <laughs> I mean, well, I, will, I was more impressed today by Jabari Bird. I thought he had an excellent game. That, that guy seems like he's just a... He can, just get you some buckets. He can uh, he can score. I don't know how much he's a boy would actually contribute to the the Celtics, but he feels like much more much more tangible player than uh, Ante Zizic right now in terms of just like if you needed someone to play NBA minutes as soon as possible, Jabari Bird seems like someone who would be much more um, just able to step in immediately. Uh, Zizic has so much room to grow and doesn't have like his style of game is only good for what like certain lineups where you're not playing a small ball or, like, you're playing another giant lumbering center. I don't know. I thought Jabari Bird had a nice game. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a two-way contract in the Celtics. I think he should get a two-way contract. I think Jabari Bird, the last couple of games, has shown he can get buckets, and he's hit a ton of mid-range jumpers. He had that, that nice floater after he, like, gave a little hezzy near the free throw line, drilled a floater. He's looked good. He's looked really good. Um and especially without Jalen Brown and without Jason Tatum, who were both injured, um, nothing nothing serious for either guy. But Jabari Bird, like he kind of took up, took over the go-to scorer role, and and he did it really well. Um, I think I think he'll probably end up on a two-way contract. I think he'll probably end up playing a lot in Maine, and I think he'll be a good player for Maine. I, I think jabari bird and, he, and he's played pretty well defensively all week i i've liked jabari bird obviously there's not a, much roster space in boston there's not really a place for him on the celtics but i i've liked a lot of what he's done this summer league and and i've liked him even before he started really filling it up the last couple of games um one thing we need to talk about the golden state warriors were just pathetic they were horrendous two for 20 in the first quarter like that should be illegal it seems like they had zero concept of uh like any sort of offensive scheme they were trying to run or play or like how to play together or any sort of cohesion it was it was absurd they just were playing atrocious basketball and it like took all the energy out of the gym like it was a packed gym because there's in cox there's a smaller one and both the celtics and warriors fans travel pretty well but it was just turned into a kind of a, a real low-energy affair. And they have some players on the team, like, with some championship experience. You, you expect them to be better, but it's just a, a total crap fest. <laughs> I mean, they don't have too many players 
with championship experience. <laughs> let's, Pat McCaw, let's, maybe. Pat McCaw, yes, but, like, they don't have many. And, and Pat McCaw was, was getting blocked by Ante Zizic at the rim. Ante Zizic. Yo, man, you need to stop hyping up this dude, Ante Zizic. I'm not for that. Yeah, you're not about the Ante Zizic life. <laughs> you are very well, not about – it's just compared to, like, the Twitter people uh, in the offseason penciling him in for 25 minutes a game starting with the Celtics. It's like, that was wildly overflowing. Yeah, no, no. He, he's not going to be that. I do think, like, he's 20 years old. He, he's 20 years old. He's he's coming off a 90-game season, and and he's rebounding the piss out of the basketball over the last three games. And and he's showing some things, finishing at the rim and, and catching the ball and, and being a pick-and-roll guy. Like, he should never get post-ups. He probably won't play a lot of minutes. He he almost certainly won't play a lot of minutes. But he's showing some things the last few games that he didn't show in Utah. So, so that that's where I'm coming from. I think you're coming from kind of the same place, but you are coming at it with, like, a very – very pessimistic attitude, and I kind of respect it. I kind of respect you want, you it. You want to know why that is? Yeah. Because I've been in Las Vegas for six days. Every day I wake up and go, why am I still here? It was a mistake to book this place for a week. I, it's, just, it's upsetting to me that I'm still in Las Vegas. It's a, it's a fake place. It makes no sense. I wake <laughs> up every morning angry. <laughs> My man Sam Jam Packard just pissed off at the Las Vegas life. But now, I'm meeting mad NBA people. I got I got sources now. I got mad connects. So like now I'm like that NBA dude. So um, there are, there are some benefits to being in Las Vegas. I'll say that. So everyone follow at Sam Packard NBA. He is going to be that source dude. I believe was the direct quote. Oh yeah, that's. That source dude, I believe, is my new title. DAT source dude, yes. <laughs> we got to talk about Avery Bradley with his introductory press conference for the Detroit Pistons. But before we do that, Boston paintball, baby. Boston paintball. I didn't know, so maybe you didn't either, but paintball has changed a lot in 20 years. And Boston paintball promises that you will, in fact, be loved by everyone for your sheer brilliance and creativity. Today there are three different versions of paintball to choose from. Three different versions! And kids as young as eight-year-olds are playing. I bet you can't picture Emma, that that might be your daughter or your cousin or something, and her squad outnumbering Rambo 10 to 1 these days, but she does and they do. Paintball is now a game for just about everyone. The biggest and best known name in New England paintball, in New England for paintball for 25 years, Boston Paintball proudly offers Splatmaster for players ages 8 plus, and new low impact and classic paintball for players ages 10 plus. Private group play is an option, and they have three locations in Massachusetts that each offer a completely different playing experience. Indoor and night play in Chelsea, outdoor competition in Woods Ball Fields in Maynard, or check out the real-life 23-building apocalyptic cityscape in Ashland, complete with a hospital, an airplane, and Army 
Deuce. Whatever Army Deuce means. I don't know Boston what Army Paintball got its start boy. over on Causeway Street in the shadow of the old Boston Garden. Shout out to Larry Bird. Back in 92, shout out to Larry Bird again. And they have been a part of the good times for over 1 million players. That's 1 million players. Leaders in the field and in the industry, you can trust your kids, your special occasion, and your memories to Boston Paintball. Head to bostonpaintball.com to make your reservation online. And while you're there, let the video tours of each facility help you decide which location you want to play at first. Bostonpaintball.com. Go over there. Back to Avery Bradley. Avery Hold Bradley. Okay, I, just, I just wanted to say that I'm moving back to Boston um, in about a week, and I'm going to murk you in all three Boston paintball locations. Um, so get ready for that. I'm still a paintball virgin, so chances are oh. I'm, I might get murked. But play, play, me, play me one-on-one. Play me one-on-one in hoops. See what happens. Yo, why try and change the subject to hoops? I'd murk you there too, but I'm I'm gonna run you in all three locations in Maynard, Chelsea, and in Ashland in Boston Paintball. Oh. <laughs> there you go. But but back to back to Avery Bradley. It was weird to see him in a Pistons jersey, like holding up the number twenty two, which used to be Tayshawn Prince's, I think, which is also weird to have Tayshawn Prince's Pistons jersey held up. But Avery Bradley Talking about his Pistons, it, it it was weird, and it was the same old Avery Bradley man. Like he said, amazing like five times in his press conference. He said the sky is the limit for the Pistons like three times in his press conference. He, he used all his same phrases again. He's the most optimistic man I've ever heard, and he seems genuinely genuinely excited about playing for Stan Van Gundy, who who loves guys who work hard such as Avery Bradley. And Avery Bradley also called it, I, I think he called the Pistons a rebuilding team, which, like, they made the playoffs two years ago, didn't make it this last year. I wouldn't call them, like, a classic rebuilding team, but they're definitely, like, they need some work. Um, but Avery Bradley, the Celtics are going to miss that guy. He's just a, such a nice human, man. It feels like it's just, like, we got used to Avery Bradley and his just like general real quiet persona and demeanor, but like seeing him in the Pistons uniform and doing that press conference, even though you're right, he was saying all the same things. It's just was a whole lot sadder. It was just like, it didn't seem like he was very excited uh, to be there. I know he said the things, but it's just like, he had like a classic sad boy look to him. And maybe it was just, uh, we didn't notice it when he's with the Celtics, but it's, the entire situation was pretty depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Avery Bradley, like, that—that that is, I'm interested, interested to see whether he re-signs in Detroit one year from now because he just has one year in his contract. He'll be an unrestricted free agent a year from now. And Detroit's not at all a perfect situation. Like, that is a team that even in the East could struggle to make the playoffs. It is a team that had had some, like, serious chemistry issues last year. I'm pretty sure players didn't love playing with Reggie Jackson. Um, it, it was just a weird, weird feel in Detroit last year. And so I, I'm interested to see how long Avery Bradley stays in Detroit, how that works out. I think he'll be great for them. I think they need someone like him, not just someone who defends his ass off and shoots 
nearly 40% from three-point range. But, like, just someone who's a really solid dude and can set an example and share lessons that Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett taught him. And and I, I do think the Celtics will miss a lot of what Avery Bradley brought on both ends of the court and off the court. He's just a, a really solid human being. Um, obviously, they, they needed to make that trade and, and they needed to to clear way for Gordon Hayward's contract. And it made the most sense to pick up someone like Marcus Morris while trading Avery Bradley. But at the same time, like there's a lot of things that Avery Bradley did that the Celtics are going to miss. And, and we'll see how it works out in Detroit. He, he sounded really excited to work with Stan Van Gundy, man. Like Stan Van Gundy, there are a lot of guys that Stan Van Gundy probably doesn't like and make him lose his voice and <laughs> scream on the sidelines. Avery Bradley is not one of them. Stan Van Gundy will absolutely love Avery Bradley. We'll see if he loves the rest of his team, but he will love Avery Bradley. That's the thing I think is most intriguing about Avery Bradley to Detroit is that we saw Avery become more of a vocal leader um, this year. Um, that awesome clip after the Wizards game was like, what do you think was going to happen? I don't know if I quoted that correctly, but Avery Bradley showing some swag and being the vocal leader is not something that, Celtics fans were used to until this season, and it feels like the Pistons team definitely don't really ha- um, have any leadership in that locker room. So is Avery Bradley going to be able to like, come in and establish himself here? It feels like he's the natural, or would be the natural leader of that team. Is it like does that become Avery Bradley's team? And is how well is he able to kind of assert his work ethic and um, just kind of that that veteran leadership on there because. Uh, that, that definitely wasn't his his style in Boston. He felt like he was more of like a, a lead by example type guy. But we'll see how that translates to Detroit. But you're right, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But I still don't think the Pistons are gonna be that good because Reggie Jackson's there and he's the second best point guard on their roster after Ish Smith. <laughs> Reggie Jackson two years ago was legit. Reggie Jackson two years ago was good, man. And then last year came back from injury, just wasn't the same. We'll see what happens over there. I don't think they're a very good team. They, they could be solid. Avery Bradley will certainly help on both ends. And I do think he'll be a leader there, whether it's just by example, whether he's more of a vocal leader, we'll see. But he said he wants to bring some nasty back to the Pistons. I don't know, man. The, the Celtics are more nasty than the Pistons. The Celtics are a nasty bunch. Monte Zizic is a nasty dude, even though you you don't like him at all. You think his skills are nasty. But Monte Zizic can meet me in these Vegas alleys and we throw hands. Monte Zizic would beat the fuck out of you. I know that it was an outrageous statement. I immediately take it back. Monte, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it for this episode. If you if you don't subscribe to us, first of all, you're stupid. Second of all, search for Locked On Celtics wherever you listen to a podcast, whether it's iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, wherever else. Search for Locked On Celtics. Subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. And, yeah, we'll be talking about Ante's business. We'll be talking about Summer League. Next game is Saturday night. I actually won't be able to watch it. I'll be at a wedding, which is too bad. I will, I will record it. I will watch it later. I'm sure watching Summer League on a tape delay is even better than watching it live. And, yeah, that's it for this episode of the Locked On Celtics Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.